Next, the golden days of radio. This is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. Once again, we're broadcasting our program from the AFN studios in Frankfurt, Germany. And on this show, you'll hear Al Jolson, Oscar Levant, Edward G. Robinson, Bing Crosby, Duffy's Tavern, and Henry Morgan. And now, the world's greatest entertainer, Al Jolson. Chinatown, my Chinatown, where the lights are low, hearts that know no other land, drifting to and fro, dreamy, dreamy Chinatown, salmon eyes so brown. Hearts seem light and life seems bright in dreamy Chinatown. Chinatown, where the lights are low. Hearts that know no other land. Drifting to and fro. Dreamy, dreamy, oh, you Chinatown. Almond eyes so brown. Hearts seem light. Life seems bright in dreamy, dreamy China. Dreamy, dreamy China. China. China time. And here on the Al Jolson Show is Oscar Levant and Edward G. Robinson. Hello, Oscar. Hello, Eddie. Got your machine gun with you? Oh, no, no, no. I'm just playing Edward G. Robinson tonight. I'm glad you're here, Eddie, because Al is sure looking forward to your visit. Uh, where is he, Oscar? Something new has happened to Al. Yeah? He's so scared of you. He's in his dressing room, shaking. Well, what's new about Jolson shaking? <laughs> Well, Eddie, he's expecting you to be like you are in pictures. Oh, you mean I've got to pretend I'm the uh, tough little Caesar gangster just to please the old boy, huh? Please do it, Eddie. Do it for Joey. He loves to play cops and robbers. Yeah. He's amazing for an old guy like that. Listen, he's not as old as he's cracked up to be. <laughs> he's just cracked up. Here goes, Oscar. Well, so there you are, Jolson. You stool pigeon, you rat, you yellow-bellied dog, etc., etc., etc. Welcome to the music hall, Eddie. <laughs> what music hall? Where's the music? I've been singing. I still say, where's the music? <laughs> but, Eddie, I, I, I just sang some about Chinatown, and the people seem to love that. Oh, shut up. <laughs> what are you giving away on the program? Well... <laughs> That gives me an idea. I'd like to give away Oscar LaVance. Now, shut up, see? Eddie, what makes you so tough? Well, it's the cigars I smoke. That's what makes me tough. You know what my cigars are made of? No, I don't. Well, they take the tender senator leaves and wrap them around a man who knows tobacco best. 
Eddie. Eddie, will you please do me a favor? What is it? You know, I, 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 I saw the picture Key Largo, and I want to know, what did you whisper to Lorraine Bacall? <laughs> Who wants to know? Hmm? Hmm? Who wants to know? Humphrey Bogart. Can you say Humphrey Bogart and Edward G. Robinson on the same breath? I don't know myself. As a rule, I'm a little short-winded. You know? <laughs> Bogart. Nothing but a cheap killer. You know, I don't think about killing all the time. No? I'm different from the other mugs. Now, you take the summer. I went to France, Switzerland, Italy. Eddie, Eddie, what did you do in Switzerland? Pushed a couple of people off the Alps. <laughs> There's no need asking if you had a good time because if you pushed now, a couple shut of... shut up, shut up, Joseph. What do you let me do the talking? Well, I had... Look, come here, come here now. Don't go away. Maybe you'd be interested in some uh, hot paintings. Hot paintings? Yeah. Hot I, oil, you mean? I got a Michelangelo, a Rodin, a Whistler, a Rembrandt, and two covers from the Police Gazette. <laughs> Whose picture's on the Police Gazette? You and uh, Lillian Russell in tights. <laughs> Never wore tights in my life. Hey, uh, Josem, uh, look, uh, how'd you like to take a gander at Rembrandt's Marriage of Samson? You know the story, don't you? No. Yeah, well, uh, Samson was the strong man with all the hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. People used to look at him and his wife and ask, which one has the Tony? <laughs> come here, come here, Charlie. What are you trying to do, be funny? No. I got a good mind to rub you out. Now, wait a minute, Eddie. You're just kidding, ain't you? You think so, huh? Come on, now, turn around. That's it. See this gun? Well, I can't unless I turn around again. Well, never mind. Take my word for it. I got a gun. Eddie, please don't scare me like that. Honestly, I'm not as young as I used to be. You were never as young as you used to be. <laughs> when you used to be. Stop the murder. Stop the murder. Gee, new programs spring up all the time. Now, don't interfere, LeMant, will you? I'm bumping off Jolson. Eddie, please don't. Eddie, please. Okay, I'll give you a sporting chance. Levant, throw Jolson up in the air. I want to shoot at him. Oscar. Oscar, you're not, you're not going to stand here and see him shoot me, are you? No, of course not. I'll go outside till it's all over. Oscar, tell him not to do it. I know I'm not perfect, but I'm the closest thing to it they have. Oscar, for everything we've meant to each other, please, don't let him kill me. Please, Oscar, please. Hey, Eddie, you better, mm -hmm. you better lay off. The joke's going too far. Well, all right, all right, Oscar. Uh, now, look, Al, uh, I was only kidding. The whole thing was just a joke. Just a joke? Yeah, that's all it was. Just, just a, a joke? joke. <laughs> well, why'd you tell me so soon? The first chance I get in two years to act without Larry Parks. <laughs> Are you listening, Harry Cohn? Put me in a picture with Rita Hayworth. Put me any place with Rita Hayworth. <laughs> Let me show you a piece of acting. Get this. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. You can resolute and resolute till the cows come home. <laughs> but if any of you men touch a hair of that boy's head, your soul will burn in eternal fire. Or my name... Ain't Tillman Joy. Oscar, why did you do that? I had 
to Eddie. He was such a lousy actor. <laughs> One of the popular situation comedy shows of radio during the 40s was Ed Gardner as Archie of Duffy's Tavern. Hello, Duffy's Tavern. Where do you leave me to eat, Archie? The man you speaking. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. You heard about it? Yeah, I'm going to be a gigolo. Well, I answered that ad from the escort service telling them that I'm available. Well, it's a racket, Duffy. You take a dame out, and instead of like you normally do, you go Dutch, you know? She pays the whole bill. All right, so what if you get an ugly class of dames? According to the rules, you only have to kiss her hand, and her hand is her hand, Duffy. Hey, wait a minute. A beautiful hunk of punkritude just walked in. Maybe it's one of me pigeons. I'll call you back. Oh, pardon me. I'm Miss Madison from the escort service. A beautiful dame like you? Honey, I'd take you out for nothing. Down, boy. I'm the hostess. Oh. Well, take it from me, Miss Madison. You're sure the hostess were the mostess. <laughs> I assume you're just checking on me? That's right. Well, as I told you in my letter, I'm a Princeton man, uh, an excellent dancer, and have very little pride. Now, as I also mentioned in the letter, I don't think I should use my real name, huh? I don't think you should use your real face either, but I'm stuck. What do you mean, you're stuck? Herbie the Midget has a cold. I see. Uh, well, uh, anyway, what's me first assignment? A very sophisticated woman. Well, that sounds like my type. I ain't got subway fare, but with savoir fare, I'm loaded. Uh, where do I take it? The Waldorf. Uh-huh. And you'll wear a tuxedo. Uh-huh. You have one, of course. Well, not personally, but I have access to one. Uh, one of my dearest friends is Cavendish, the undertaker. <clears throat> a tuxedo from an undertaker? Yes, I just have to be careful of the gravy stains. Now, you sure that Mrs. Watson-Aim will pick up the check, huh? No, no, and be careful not to embarrass her. You pick up the check. Huh? I pick up the check? She'll reimburse you at the end of the evening. She'll reimburse me with... Cash, of course. Of course. Uh. And then you'll receive $10 for your trouble. If I don't have trouble, do I still get the 10 Oh, why did that midget have to get a cold? Look, uh, where do I meet this thing? In the lobby of the Waldorf. Okay, now what does she look like? Here. Here's her picture. Yes. Oh, no. Well, what's the matter? It so happens, Miss Madison, that this is a picture of Miss Duffy. So what? So what? For her, you get Herbie the midget. But I told you he has a cold. With double pneumonia, he's still too good for her. From AFN Frankfurt to AFRTS stations and listeners around the world, here's the most popular singer of all time, Bing Crosby. As I'm packing my grip And I'm leaving today I'm taking a trip California way I'm fixing to settle down And never more roam And make the San Fernando Valley my home I'll forget my sins I'll be making new friends where the west begins and the sunset ends, I'm gonna settle down 
and nevermore wrong and make the San Fernando Valley my home. I think that old Reverend Thomas made us a solemn promise that he'd make the two of us one. And I think that I'm safe in Staten. My tomato will be waiting. I'm coming home on the run. So I'm hitting the trail for the cow country. You can forward my mail. Care of RFD. I'm gonna settle down And never more roam And make the San Fernando Valley my home And make the San Fernando Valley my home This is the last golden days of radio programs originating here at the AFN studios in Germany. Believe me, it's been a real pleasure for me. And now, here's Henry Morgan. Ladies and gentlemen, we present Mr. John J. Morgan and his Court of Inhuman Relations. And before we take the first case, a word from Mr. Morgan. Franz, if you have problems, bring them to this program where, in the complete privacy of our network, you will receive sympathetic and constructive advice. All right. Uh, Mr. John Jay, the first case is that of Mrs. J.G. All right. Mr. Morgan, I'm 33 years of age, and I've been married exactly a year, and everything was fine. Uh, Please don't touch the microphone. I'm sorry. Very sorry. Well, as I say, everything was fine at first, but then my husband started coming home drunk, kicking me, throwing me around, taking the kitchen knife and threatening to kill me. What is your problem? (laughs) What's my problem? Like I say, all the time he comes home potted. Yes, yes, I know. And how long have you been married? I told you, a year. And uh, how long has he been potted? A little over 11 months. Well, you didn't think the honeymoon would last forever, did you? (laughs) Now, tell me, how long had you known each other before you were married? Um, We were engaged for 18 years. You don't have to say any more. I know the whole story. A moonlight night, a joyride, a glass of strong wine, and before you knew what had happened, you were married. For 18 years, I know the bum. Madam, you are shouting. Go on. Well, that's it. Now, he likes to kick me and slug me. You're touching the microphone. (laughs) Sorry. Now, madam, please try to remember. You said at one time everything was fine. Did you have any inkling of what was to come? Well, one night he picked up a chair and he hit me on the back with it over and over again. But I didn't think it was unusual at the time. And, uh... (laughs) Why did you not think it was unusual? I was coughing. I see. Go on. Well, I don't know 
what to do. He comes home and he slams me with his brass knuckles. He twists my arm. He kicks me with his knee. He tosses chairs at me. My sister warned me to leave him as he says, someday he's liable to kill me. Oh, come now. That hardly seems likely. <laughs> After all, madam, breaking up your home is a very serious thing. Yes, but uh, what am I going to do? Well, am I to understand then that these two children of yours, by a former marriage... <laughs> Are uh, jealous of their new stepfather? Yeah. Who said anything about children? Now that is where you've made your mistake. You must have a talk with your children and tell them everything. Please, Mr. Morgan! I think if you confide in them, I... you'll find that everything will work out satisfactorily. Especially since they really do not mean to be bad. And after all, as we both know, madam, without children, a marriage is childless. <laughs> I've been trying to tell you I don't have any children. Madam, you're blinking your eyes at me in anger. I'm sorry. You must try to be more cooperative. Now then, as I understand it, you do not love your husband. He's impossible. Yes, and when did you meet this other man? Yeah. <laughs> what other man? Come, come, madam, I'm only trying to help you. But there is no other man. Madam, you're talking into the microphone. I'm sorry. Now then, as I see the situation... You are married to a maniac with whom you are completely unhappy and who has tried again and again to kill you. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And you wish to know what to do? Yes, sir. Give this man another chance. <laughs> and furthermore, Mrs. J.G., yes. do, please do have a talk with those lovely children of yours. That's my advice to you next. Uh, now the case of Mrs. R.S. Yes, madam. Mr. Morgan, I'm very sentimental. I'm also a mother. <laughs> Please, madam, no tears. Remember, here in this country, in this great democracy of ours, every woman with a child is a mother. Go on. Well, a couple weeks ago, I did a very sentimental thing. I had my son's shoes cast in bronze. Yes, well, proud parents have been casting their children's shoes in bronze for years. Now, what's your problem? Well, now he claims they're too heavy to walk in. How old is this boy of yours, madam? He's eight. And you feel he's ungrateful for all you've done for him, is that right? <laughs> madam, please, I've already warned you, if you can't control yourself in this program, we'll have to send you into the control room. <laughs> Madam, you must stop standing in the way of this child. Let him grow. Let him develop. Let, get him a ticket around the world so that he can see the world as it really is. But he may get lost. And that is my advice to you. Next case. <laughs> and uh, now, Mr. John Jay, the case of Mr. D.D. All right. Mr. Morgan, I am a high school graduate and I am very fond of going to gym. No names, please. Huh? No names, please. Uh, when referring to another person or place, use the initial. Okay, so I'm very fine of going to the G, see? You mean J. The gym is J? Please, do not raise your voice. The gym is J. Would you rephrase the question, please? J is the initial? Yes. 
J is the initial for Jim. And uh, that should clear up your problem nicely. Next case. Wait, I ain't even told you the problem yet. Well, would you please hurry up? So, <clears throat> I'm very fond of going to the J, see? Oh, uh, young and man, I... you're touching the microphone. I'm sorry. So, um, <clears throat> anyway, I, I don't really like going to the J, but I'm going there on account of my girl. No dames, please. Huh? You talking about my girl, Hortense? Use the initial, please. You talking about my girl, Jay? Young man, I'm trying to help you. Now, what is your problem? I'm trying to tell you. So the Jay I usually go to is at the YMCA, and... Young man, you must not use proper names to identify proper places. Use initials. I'm sorry. So this... So this uh, what's the initials for YMCA? Y.M.? <laughs> so anyway, girls ain't allowed inside, so she can't go with me to the Y.M. But there's a J at the Y.W., and she's allowed inside there, but I ain't. It's killing me. Am I to understand, then, that you're fond of this, Dre, but that both Y.M. and Y.W. are trying to discourage your attention, <laughs> and so you are contemplating suicide? I should have gone to Dale Carnegie. Young man. I mean, Jay. Young man, are you or are you not contemplating suicide? I should say not. I would think better of that decision if I were you. Look, I didn't come here to be insulted. Well, my dear D.D., I'm a very busy man. What did you come here for? I came here for advice. Now, look, I got to take physical exercises and build myself up because my girl calls me a mousy drip. No names. All right, so she calls me a J. No. So what does she call me? An M.D. Okay, she calls me an M.D. She also calls me a mousy drip. Now, here's my problem. If she can't go All to the... All right, wait a minute. Hey. We got to cut. We're over. We're over. We'll finish this next week. I don't know what to do. Play it up. That wraps up this special edition of the Golden Days of Radio from the studios of the American Forces Network here in Frankfurt, Germany. It's been many years since the beginning of the AFN here in Europe and of the Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Years of bringing the finest in news, information, and entertainment to listeners around the world. A lot has happened since the beginning of the Armed Forces Radio Service in 1942. Undoubtedly the most important years in the history of the world. We have all come a long way, and each day we see the world become smaller in terms of the proximity of one nation to another. An understanding between nations and people is greater than it has ever been. This is one world with one people, and I just hope and pray that all of us everywhere can enjoy the wonderful blessing of a rich, full, and happy life. It's been one of the great thrills of my life to be here in Frankfurt for these last few broadcasts. To all of the AFN staff, thank you for inviting me. This is Frank Brzee on a beautiful evening in Frankfurt, Germany, wishing you a very pleasant good night, and good night, Madeline. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service.